Imagine being present, calm, and connected while creating a family environment where everyone can thrive. Welcome to the I Am Mom Parenting Podcast, providing inspiration and actionable steps to manifest the meaningful and magical life you desire for you and your family. We are your hosts, Dimple Aurora, founder of Mindful Evolution and Shaista Fateli, founder of Thrive Kids. Thank you for sharing the I Am Mom journey with us. Let's get started. Hello, hello, and thank you for joining us for another enlightening episode on the I Am Mom podcast. Today, we're talking mompreneurship and managing motherhood as an entrepreneur. We will delve into what this term means, some of the challenges mompreneurs face, and how we can overcome them. Now, even though this focus of this topic is around mompreneurship, the content is applicable to all moms. And the reason for this is because the 21st century brought with it a rise of career-driven and independent women who forego the culturally handed down married child life plan and instead achieve success and happiness on our own terms. Yes. (laughs) Today we have that yes is coming from our guest today. We have Leanne Kim. She is a business coach and the founder of Mamas & Co, which is a community for mama entrepreneurs, which I am proudly a member of. She is the host of the widely popular podcast, The Business of Thinking Big, and the author of the best-selling book, Building a Joyful Business, which I have right here. She's on a mission to help women make a great living on their own terms, doing what they love. Leanne, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a pleasure, truly. Yeah, we're really excited to have you here. And it's such a great topic to to have on our podcast. We have a lot of moms. We have a lot of moms who are mompreneurs. And we have a lot of moms who are successful at many, many things. And the first question I have for you, what is a mompreneur? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people have a love-hate relationship with that phrase because, of course, we don't call them dad entrepreneurs. But Mm -hmm. the thing that I always try to remember is, so so it's a mom who has a business. And the way we define it is even a mom who's thinking of starting a business or has a side hustle, that's still, we call them mamapreneurs in in our community. And um, I think a lot of people take issue with that term. But the reality is, Mamas do face other challenges that non-mom entrepreneurs don't face, right? We have these small humans that we have to care for and work into our lives and our schedules. And so I have a lot of love for all entrepreneurs, but I have a very special place for the mama entrepreneurs who are out there juggling it all because it is a juggle. Absolutely. And you have a very successful community of mamapreneurs. So what led you on this journey to becoming a mamapreneur? Tell us a little bit about how you got here. Yeah. So I don't even know if you know this, Dimple, but um, back in the day when my kids were babies, um, so I was, I had two kids very close together and I was deathly afraid of being bored and being at home alone all day with a kid. So I started this little side hustle business um, 
I, I'm, I'm an artist. I know how to paint on canvas. And so I started creating these um, custom growth charts for children, but mm. on canvas that were that were all customized in their own colors and shapes and, and everything that that kid loved. And I, I probably had over 60 designs that are now on the walls of over 200 children's rooms somewhere in, <laughs> in the world. And I loved it, loved it, loved it. And but what I realized when I started it was there was a lot to know about running a business and I didn't mm. know it all. So I posted in a little local, actually a large um, Toronto-based Facebook group for moms. Mm -hmm. And I said, does anyone here have a business and want to get together for a glass of wine? And I have this business and, you know, I'm, I'm looking to, for other women that I can learn from. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, there was like a ton of them. And so we started getting together. And then I said, well, I know quite a lot about sales because that's my job um, at the time. Does anyone want to learn a little bit more about sales? And so I had these women over to my house. I remember it like it was yesterday. And I just did a talk on, you know, sales and selling yourself and building confidence. And I had these mamas hooked. And in that <laughs> moment, I was like, this is what I was supposed to do with my life. Finally, after 40 years of searching, I finally know. Um, and that was, that was the birth of Mamas & Co. And it was also the birth of my coaching business that, that sort of built from there. Mm, yeah, that's absolutely amazing. I love how you said after 40 years, you knew what you were meant to do. I'm curious, what were, did you have um, any other career before? Yeah. yeah, so I kind of fell into a sales career. I sold a lot of, um, I sold a lot of travel experiences, things that mm. you can't hold in your hand. And so it actually was a great transferable skill because a lot of the women that I coach are coaches or consultants or service-based businesses. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, if I know how to do this for the businesses that I've worked for, then I know how to help these small businesses. And instantly I just fell in love with these mamapreneurs because they all had very distinct challenges mm -hmm. that I knew how to overcome. Very distinct challenges that I just patterns that I kept seeing again and again, women struggling with things like self-confidence issues and mm -hmm. imposter syndrome and fear of failure and perfectionism tendencies. Like the, this just kept coming up. And I was like, this is my jam because yes. I was, I was terrible at sales when I started, mm -hmm. even though I was working for somebody else, I didn't know what I was doing. And I kept failing and failing and failing. And luckily some people kept giving me sales jobs. So I had lots of time to practice. And then I got really good at selling everyone else's stuff. Yeah. But when it came to selling my services as a coach, I was like back to square one again, because it now it was me. Now mm -hmm. I was selling my own, you know, it feels like you're selling your, your essence, if you will, and you're putting it all out there. And so what these women were going through, I could really relate to. And I, I just, I, I became so passionate about helping them make their own money on their own terms, doing something that they love. That really is my mission. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. It's you talk about some of the challenges in there too. And I want to talk, there's so much to cover. I want to get to that as well. And at first I wanted to go back and say, what did your first year of being in business look like mm -hmm. and being a mother at the same time? So how yeah. was that challenge to begin with? Can I, can I swear? <laughs> of course. Yeah. We are the I am mom. <laughs> <laughs> It was a fucking shit show. I'm not going to lie. Like my kids were 22 months apart. They were babies when I started my business and, um, and I started my business so I could have more time with them. 
But, you know, at one point they're, they're in two different daycares. We're doing pickup, we're doing drop-off. I'm squeezing my business in at nap time yeah. and screaming babies in the back while I'm trying to have client calls and all of it, all of it, barf, poop, you know, client contracts, setting up my first, you know, I can still remember setting up my business bank account and getting my master business license like it was yesterday. But each one of those things would, would take like a whole day because I had these two little humans in tow that needed me. And, uh, and it, it, it was messy and chaotic, but it was also so lovely and so sweet. And I wouldn't have changed it for the world because it was a, such a highly creative time for me too. I, in, my, in my soul, I'm, a, I'm really a creative. And I think that's why a lot of artists and creators are drawn to me um, because that's, that's what I get. I get that feeling of wanting to do it all and all those, you know, juggling so many things. And so, yeah, that's like a little snapshot for you. Does that about cover it? Yeah, I can totally relate. <laughs> and I, I know Dimple remembers as well. So I had uh, Malaya breastfeeding her trying to do <laughs> like different, different jobs and different things around there. It is very challenging, right? And as your little ones grew, and your business grew, how were you able to navigate the changes? Oh, well, that's interesting that you asked me that today, because I actually feel I've been talking about this with my closest people. I feel like I'm actually going through quite a shift right now in that there's this real, my kids are becoming tweens, like right before my eyes, they're eight and 10 right now. And we're just about to, you know, thinking about middle school, which is on the rise. And so, you know, I think with each season of our lives, there's, there are these pivots that we have to make and, I've always come from the place of the life that I want to live comes first. And then the business has to fit into that and not the other way around. And I think if we're not careful, we build the business first and then we're trying to squeeze in the soccer games and squeeze into this mm -hmm. and that. Um, but I've really, I, I really believe that, that we get to design the business of our dreams the way we want it. And there's nothing stopping us from doing that. It's just mostly a lot of us are kind of letting life and business happen to us. And we're kind of in that reactive zone. So I'm a big planner. As Dimple knows, I love my systems. I'm, I'm looking here at like, this, this is my planner right here. I'm, I, I really do think that um, mothers, we rely too much on our memories. Yeah. And our memory is like the worst tool in the toolkit. <laughs> I could be honest, like <laughs> just writing stuff down, getting systems in place. And then once those systems are in place, I feel like I can be present. Mm -hmm. So, you know, during, during the pandemic, for example, when all of a sudden we were given days notice that our kids were going to be home for us, home with us. Um, the very first thing I started to do was, was get those systems in place. Where could we get help? who was on what, when, you know, I'm very grateful. I have a loving partner who's the best dad in the world. And we are really are a team. And I would say every time that we're going through a new transition, um, one of the, the best things that you can do is just is communicate with your crew, right? Mm -hmm. That, that core group of people that you rely on communicate talk about what you're worried about, talk about possible solutions. And that's what we did. And we, you know, we had to, we had to give it some time too. In that case, um, that was a big shift. Getting used to being a family that all worked at home was a big and, and not a pleasant one for me because I like my space. I like having <laughs> this 
castle to myself to record or do whatever I want. But yes. um, yeah, we really had to, to, to communicate and teamwork is just teamwork is everything to me. I'm very grateful that I have a, a strong team in my business as well. So that when I am going through a transition or a challenging time, I have people that I can lean on who can support me. Mm-hmm. And you write in your book, since when did busy become the goal? And I know that a lot of mompreneurs are doing a lot of this busy work and you're very strategic about systems and you're talking about some of them and you even have a system for your vacation planning throughout the year, which I find amazing. And you can tell us a little bit about that, Sure. but what are some of the systems that you feel entrepreneurs need to have in place in order to run a successful family life as well as a successful business? Well, I've touched on this already. Schedule is key. Mm -hmm. Um, Writing stuff down and and not just putting everything into your phone, but really having a clear visual of what your week, your month looks like. Um, that's, that's, That's key. So however you need to see, let's say your week at a glance, that's how you need to see it. And you got to find a tool that allows you to see it that way. That, that would be a big one. I think another system that is not exactly a system, but I would say a, a rule is figuring out what to say yes to and what to say no to. Mm-hmm. And the rule that I, I, Dimple, maybe you remember me sharing with this, sharing this with you in A players, you know, if it's not taking us closer to our goals, it's actually taking us further away and I think as mompreneurs, we say yes to a lot of stuff out of excitement or out of, um, you know, fear of missing out a lot of times or, or obligation, right? Mm-hmm. But, but if, if, so this, the question to ask, and this is a system, when you're invited to collaborate or whatever it may be, ask yourself this, is this going to get me closer to my goals? Yes or no? And it's okay. It, and the other one is, is it going to bring me joy? Because it's okay mm-hmm. to do stuff just because it brings you joy, but be honest with yourself about why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. I think that one is, is key. And women, we need to get better at saying no. We need to feel okay with ourselves and, and comfortable in our own skin to go, well, they might not like it, but this is what I need. As, as Actually, as I told you today, I have until 5.15 PM and then I got to pick up my kids and it's movie night. And that's a non-negotiable for me. If, if I get invited out to an event on a Friday night, nine times out of 10, the answer is no, unless yes. it's something really, really special or important. It's mm-hmm. going to be a no, because that's where I want to be every Friday night. And I love it. And, and so even just little things like that, those are, those are some ideas of how you can start to systemize and create a bit more of, um, I think I'm a big believer in routine. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not the things we do once in a while that get us results. It's the things that we do every single day without fail. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Beautiful answer to that question. There is so much in there. So many Um, loaded nuggets in there. One thing that really stood out for me was uh, you talked a lot about being comfortable in your own skin, right? Mm -hmm. And being okay to say no, um, being okay with saying no. Um, I know a lot of women, a lot of moms say yes, because we don't want to hurt feel like we want to hurt the other person's feelings, right? We don't want confrontation. And it's all about um, developing that empowerment within ourselves, right? And feeling this is what I need right now for myself and my family. But it's a tough skill, 
Yes. What are some ways, um, you know, and I know like genetics and, you know, your own predispositions can definitely play a role in that, but what were some, some, some strategies that helped you come to this point? So it's funny. I actually give a, um, I give a script on how to say no politely in my book. Oh, okay. That's awesome. <laughs> and, and your listeners are going to get a chance to, to get a free copy at the end of the episode. So, you know, I'm just going to say like, it's right in there in black and white. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. That's so great. Yeah. I, I do have this, you have it as one of your pillars in there as well. Right? Yeah. And, and, and so, I mean, I think it is finding the language that feels comfortable for you. Language is a big hurdle for a lot of us. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we're not saying what we want to say simply because we, we don't know how to say it in a way that feels good. Mm -hmm. So finding a way that saying, saying no feels good to you. And I offer a script in the book. I would also say, um, coming from that, that, give me one second here. I had a thought and I've lost it. Um, We were talking about learning how to say no and it being um, for some people, a genetic predisposition Um, and and creating, I I think it's really about creating confidence. If I'm being honest, like, ah, I remember what it was. When, when you are an entrepreneur, you have to be okay with not being liked. Mm. If you're making waves, if you're making an impact, not everyone is going to agree with you. And, and I had to come to terms with this in my first year of business. I was met with some haters or some people that didn't like what I was doing. You know, some people that saw my group and thought I wasn't being transparent about my intentions. It's so silly now to even talk about it. But I remember that really feeling hard at the time. And entrepreneurship is just one ongoing um, roller coaster of, mm-hmm. of um, building resilience. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking to be liked all the time, this is probably not the path for you. And if you're looking to get approval and to, um, you know, get the gold star, get it right every time, also not for you. <laughs> exactly. It, it, it is a path of failures, mostly failures with some big glossy wins tossed in for fun. But um, I, I think that's, that's that resilience piece as an entrepreneur that we need to develop is being okay if, it, if someone isn't thrilled with our actions and, and also trusting that you're coming from a good place. When I say no to someone, it's because I'm saying yes to something else that me- means more to me or that you know I've com- made a commitment to my children, my partner, my, my own goals. Those things are important. And we have to remember this, especially because most of us were raised by a generation of women who only said yes. Mm-hmm. And, and look what that created. So our children are watching us. Mm-hmm. They can hear when we say yes out of obligation and then roll our eyes because we don't really want to do it. And, mm-hmm. and I think about what I want for my daughter and I, I want her to feel confident enough to say no or yes or maybe to whatever she wants. And, mm-hmm. and so when, when we're doing these kinds of hard things, we are role modeling to our kids, to the next generation of women Mm-hmm. what, what we want and, and what, what they, how, how they can create what they want in their lives. Absolutely. Even now, sometimes my daughter says no to something or she does something and it actually triggers me, right? Because mm-hmm. sometimes we are not there yet, but they are actually more empowered and being their authentic self because 
because that's what we've been teaching them to do. Right. And we've right. been modeling to them or trying to model to them, right? So in your book, you write, and I have to read this. If running a business were easy, everyone would be doing it. If it were easy to earn a great living doing something you love with amazing people by your side, well, then I probably wouldn't have a job and no one would need a business coach. <laughs> and it's, it's not true. easy. It's not easy for sure. And, and where do you want to see more support for mompreneurs in society? Well, I think first and foremost, we need better solutions for daycare. The reality is most of the women that I coach need childcare. It is not mm -hmm. possible for them to make a living, to make an actual living and mm -hmm. contribute to their family's household income without appropriate childcare. And we really felt this um, during the pandemic. I think those of us that really rely on childcare, um, you know, all of a sudden didn't have it and had to figure it out. And we did, we got through it, but it's, it's, it's not sustainable to run a, a, mm -hmm. a thriving, successful business with your children all around you at all times for, again, for many of my coaches, their work is confidential. They need mm -hmm. a quiet space where they can hold space for their clients, including me. Mm -hmm. And so, um, childcare, I think is really key. I think, um, we need to, we need to embrace different ways of making a living. I still mm -hmm. go to conversations where people will go, oh, you're a business coach, you're self-employed. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then they don't really know what to ask because they're so conditioned to like em employeehood is the way. Yes. And so I, I think those of us that have their own businesses, it's our responsibility to be out there making a ruckus and talking about it and having a podcast like this one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, 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 and again, sharing things like your podcast, your book with your friends and educating people on what, what the realities of self-employment looks like. Mm -hmm. You know, I said to someone, someone I know posted something during the pandemic. They said that the post was something like, it's okay not to pivot. As in like, if you can't figure out your next move, um, it's, it's okay to, mm -hmm. to basically shut it down. And I was like, well, I coach women who need to make money. So not pivoting is not an option, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like it's not, it's not okay for them to not have a job that not, not be self-employed. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think as society, we can't always assume that there's a partner there that earns the living and the, and the mompreneur is just doing her little thing. And, you know, some of the, some of the preconceived notions yes. that I, I think about my mother-in-law who was like, well, you can do that because you have time during the day. And I was like, I run a business lady. Like I've, I, I work, believe it or not. I'm not just watching Netflix all day. So, you know, just, I, I think helping people understand what that looks like and more stories of women who are doing it well, you know, who, who are, who are feeling the fear going through the mess and coming out the other side. Okay. I'm really, I, I'm, that's what I try to do with the community and with our events mm -hmm. and um, with my books and projects is shine a light on the women that have, have, persevered through the mess mm -hmm. right it's, ne it's never going to be perfect but telling more of the stories of women that have overcome adversity and are doing it their way mm -hmm. yeah there's definitely I think um, a specific skill set right that does come into play as an entrepreneur but there's also a lot of skills that develop while starting your journey as a as an entrepreneur 
what kinds of skills do you think, we talked a little bit about, you know, saying no, for example, that you feel maybe the top three that are most important to pass on to our children? Because as I said, they, they watch, they watch us. I love this question so much. I have to tell you. Um, because I, I think we are teaching them whether we realize it or not, you, we are passing along skills that we don't even realize. So I think the, the biggest one I would say is resourcefulness. Mm. Like the fact that I make money out of thin air from the things that I create from my brain, that is something that most people don't do. Right. Mm. I, and, and so we talk about that, that, you know, daddy has a paycheck and, and daddy shows up to work and gets paid. And, and does what is asked of him. And the difference is that mommy doesn't have that. Mommy's, mommy's money changes. And, and what I create is what I sell. People actually buy those things and pay me money. And mm-hmm. so that resourcefulness of you can create stuff and you can get that out into the world and you can make a great living using the skills that you have that, you know, mm-hmm. we were, that, that you're born with, that you develop over time. I think that that is probably my number one I want to see the next generation just truly resilient, resourceful human beings that, you know, are not going to let stuff stand in their way of, of what they want to create in the world and, and, the, and, the, and the mission that they're here to complete. So that would be one. And then I would say another one is really courage. Hmm. I think most of us are not doing the things that we really want in life out of fear. And this shows up the most when I see women hanging onto a day job out of, out of fear of lack of security, when I know in my bones, they have more than enough to make the leap. Yeah. If they're good enough, they're smart enough, they will make it work, but they hang onto the day job because they need that sense of security. And this is just one of the many ways courage shows up, but, you know, again, like, having the courage to tell somebody no, having the courage to put out a beautiful piece of art from mm-hmm. your brain and, and being criticized for it, being criti- like th- in my first year, I can remember that criticism really hurting, yeah. really hurting my feelings when somebody would say, oh, I can't believe you're doing that. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, <laughs> I hear that shit every week. It, it's not a big, like, yeah. I am doing exactly. something different. I'm okay with it. So, and that's that really, I think that that's that trust in self. That would be my third one. Just trusting that you have the answers inside of you and that you know your path and you know your journey and you trust that you are on the right path. And, and if, if I could give my kids those three things, I would just be overjoyed. That is so beautiful and so powerful because it, it integrates into every single area of their lives, from their work life, to their health, to their relationships. It's, it's beautiful. What do you wanna teach your kids about money, Leanne? Because I know that you're very good with mindset and you're very good with money mindset. What do you want, what do you think parents should be teaching their kids about making money? Well, I think we should be teaching them to make it as early as we possibly can, because that, that is a reality that will never go away. As long as there is human life on this planet, we will need to be using some form of currency. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I unfortunately feel like I, what I see a lot of and what breaks my heart is when children are asking about money and starting to learn about money and parents will say things like, oh, that's none of your business. Don't worry about that. That's grown up stuff, right? What are we teaching our, especially young women, when we say things like, 
money is for grownups, but it's not for you. Or, um, you know, the things that we, that we all heard from our parents, money doesn't grow on trees or, you know, all those things, all those, all that money baggage. I think we have to be very mindful with how we speak about money. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have to be careful to not instill negative feelings about money. I want my kids to feel great about money. I want them to like it. I want them to like making it. I want them to like spending it. I want them to like donating it to worthy causes because money is just energy. It's just mm. energy flowing between us humans. And that's, that's how it was meant to be. But we build it up in our minds to be this big, scary, um, sometimes dark thing that we don't talk about. And it makes no sense at all. And it's not, it, it didn't do us any favors when our generation was growing up. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was lucky. I had parents that were a little bit more open and, and they did um, instill great, great values when it came to money with me. But that's, I would say that's the first thing is like what anything you're scared of, or you feel bad about is not going to be a positive element in your in your life. So mm-hmm. we got to get over that hurdle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think especially as moms as well, growing up, there's this money story, right? Um, as a mom, you are not going to spend anything on yourself. And it's almost like, it's almost like, um, if you do, you're being selfish, right? Like, no, you're not going to go out and get that dress. Oh my gosh, I'm just going to save it. So then that way I can buy that extra new flashy toy for my baby or whatever it is, right? And having that guilt around that. And that guilt comes from these uh, preconditioned expectations that have been passed on from generation to generation. And um, culturally as well, I think it's it's a big big topic. Um, And it sounds like a lot of these stories and these money challenges that a lot of moms have. As entrepreneurs, it takes a great skill set and mindset to overcome. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that with a lot of your clients? Absolutely. I would say um, money mindset issues are probably the biggest, um, the biggest hurdle that I help people with. They're deeply ingrained our money beliefs, our beliefs about money, our beliefs around our worthiness to receive money. I actually just did a, a bonus training in one of my groups in A Players today um, where I just popped on and I, I talked for 40 minutes about the art of receiving, right? Feeling worthy of receiving abundance, of receiving wealth, of receiving even things like compliments. And, you know, I think if we can, if we can start to feel better about money, Mm-hmm. understand that that money is neither good nor bad right and so we, we I try to teach this to my kids at this age they have to they are, are earning their own money every week they clean the house today in, in preparation <laughs> for our cleaning lady they had to clean the house they got the five dollar <laughs> allowance mm-hmm. and and then um and and they get you know money from their grandparents and things like that yeah. so they 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 are receiving it but then helping them understand how to use it for good. So they have to do three things with it. They have to set, save some and they have their own bank account. So once a month we walk to the bank and they deposit their money into their own account with their own card and everything at the machine. They do it all themselves and they watch it go in and then they watch the receipt come out and see how much they have in the bank. Now it's not a perfect plan because they're not earning any interest 
<laughs> children's accounts have like zero interest, but, but it's the idea that it's there for them when they need it. And recently Julia got invited to the special competition um, that was quite expensive that we didn't budget for. And we said, you can go, but you have to pay a portion of it. So mm -hmm. didn't she just march to the bank? withdraw what she needed and give it to us to show that she was committed to and so it's it's things like that right helping them decide so they they have to save they get to spend some and they get to they they make donations we make frequent donations throughout the year at specific times to charities that they want to support um but i did want to go back to that spending thing one mm -hmm. of the things that we can do to help our our kids understand the value of money is when they spend it we got to let them spend it on what they want Yes. That part mm -hmm. is key because if we are judging what is worthy of $5, if we're telling them that stuffy is not worth it, but that book is, they're not learning the value of money, right? They're not really learning how it works. And so I had to coach my husband on this because he loves to judge. And I was like, <laughs> if he wants to blow it all, blow 20 bucks on Pokemon cards, <laughs> that's his choice, right? That's his choice because we've empowered them to use this money in the ways that are responsible, but also joyful. And if mm -hmm. that's joyful to him at age eight, then so be it. Yeah. I just wanted to, wanted you to clarify the ages of your children. They're mm -hmm. eight and 10. So we're not talking 17, 18 years old. You're talking young kids and yeah. you probably start They're eight and 10 now, which means you've started this when they were obviously younger. I would say they were probably about five and seven when we mm. started really talking about money and, and getting more on a, like a consistent allowance. I think it's tricky until they're, they're that age because um, of so many things. Like mm -hmm. we all know to toddlers are a handful in and of themselves. And also you're, you're busy doing like just keeping them alive. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. But I think by the time they're five or six, absolutely. They could be earning their own money just by doing odd jobs around the house. Julia actually for this event, she wanted to raise a bit more money. And so she said, could I do some extra work around the house? I said, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I set her up in the back corner there of my office with the shredder and a big <laughs> stack of paper. I said, there you go. I'm going to pay you $5 for every half hour you finish. She just sat there and shredded all day, but like, that's, that's valuable to me. Exactly. So now she's learning the value of her own work too, which is, mm -hmm. I, I think an, an incredible skill. And hopefully you know, she's going to watch that hourly rate grow a lot over the course of her life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I love when I, when children feel abundant, that's what we want. We want to get away from these stories that we had growing up because yes. like you said, Leanne, you work with women, mama, mamapreneurs so much on this money mindset. And it really comes from that programming, that subconscious place in the first seven years of life where it all got put in. So those beliefs are so imperative to be sharing the right ones at this young age. And it reminds me when you said joyful, that is an amazing term for our children spending money because in the last few weeks, my daughter has been giving me $1.57 to buy this little pack on one of the video games that she plays. <laughs> and at first I have to admit, I was judgmental. And now I realize it's bringing her so much joy to be able to give me that $1.57 and then get that pack mm -hmm. that I'm, I'm okay with it. If she buys it every week right now, like I'm good. Right. So it's an amazing point that you've made there. And not only that, but the thing, I mean, this is a great, I mean, this is a great practice in empathy. 
Mm-hmm. How would we feel if someone was judging us? And we've all gone through this, right? Whether it's a partner, a parent, a sibling, mm-hmm. someone judging us on how we choose to spend our money. It's, it's not a good feeling, right? It can feel, mm-hmm. it can bring about lots of feelings of um, unworthiness and shame, yeah. deep shame, right? And I've, I, women have talked to me about this. Oh, I'm known in my family as someone who burns through money, or I'm known in my family as somebody who um, can't, doesn't make money. It's not good with money, mm-hmm. right? Where do we get these stories that we're not good with money? And what is good with money? Like, mm-hmm. what does that even mean? We're, we're, we, we've created these generational patterns and ways of behaving and and ways of talking to ourselves. That was really a heartbreaker for me when I I got started doing this and how many women, like I I didn't know much about running a business on the financial side of things in the early days, but I never thought of myself as someone who was bad with money. And the number of times I've heard that, oh, I'm, I'm just not good with money. I'm not, numbers are not my strength. It's like, ladies, we've got to watch how we're talking to ourselves. Cause again, people are watching, mm-hmm. people are watching. So mm-hmm. little yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We, during this pandemic, a lot of us have not had an opportunity to travel. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us are starting to do that, speaking of joy. And yeah, you yeah. talked a little bit system. And I know I'm very intrigued by that. And I'm sure our listeners are as well. Could you talk to us a little bit about what you mean by a, a system for your for your holidays or vacation? Well, it's funny, like, I don't know that I even thought of it as a system. But um, this actually started years ago, probably in my 20s, um, even when I was working for someone else. And I had, um, you know, a handful of weeks of vacation. I was always really good with thinking about spreading that out over time, because I never wanted to get into a situation where I was burning out. And so I carry that over now. And I, I basically take one to two weeks off every quarter of the year, um, with the exception of fall, because fall is extremely busy in my business. And it's actually, to be honest with you, I'm on such a roll that I don't want the break. So I think it's knowing yourself and knowing when you need the breaks and then scheduling it in, there's that word again, really far in advance and 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 pacing it out. So for me, the, the toughest time of year where I need the breaks the most is pretty much I would say probably like December through to May um, in, the, in the cold Canadian winters. I'm not a fan of winter. Everybody who knows me knows that. Um, but I also don't want them too close together because once I get back, I like to get into a rhythm again. So it's pretty, it's pretty normal for me to have one to two weeks off every um, you know, three or four months mm-hmm. pretty consistently throughout the year. And that allows me to recharge um, travel is a big part of my life. It's, it's all, it always has been. I've been to over 40 countries. Um, I lived in Japan. I lived in Australia. And I want my kids to have that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that said, mommy needs time to refuel. So every January, I host an annual women's retreat in Panama. Um, we're actually just about to release the details of that next week, coming very soon. But that happens every January. And that is because I did that because that's when I needed the most. Yeah. And so if I need it, these other women need it too. And I literally saw it as my way of giving women permission to ask for the help they need so they could come and step away from their lives just for, it's just six days. You wouldn't believe the number of women that tell me, oh no, I can't get away for six days, wow. six days. 
they can't get away. So mm-hmm. I continue to run this uh, retreat every year. It is only open to my clients, but um, it, it's something that it's life-changing. Literally women come and they come back sure. changed from the experience. And so it's not a vacation, but it is still time away. Mm-hmm. And then at least once a year, I have to get away just you know, either by myself or with a girlfriend and just have fun, tune everything out. Cause the retreat is great, but it's still, it's still me working, right. I'm, I'm coaching and stuff on the retreat. So, mm-hmm. you know, having variety going to different places, it really, I do think it, it opens us up creatively as well. It helps us be better leaders. It's where I get my best ideas. I just got back from four five days in Sedona hiking these like incredible mountains, like right out in nature. And I came back with, of course, a million new ideas and, and mm-hmm. inspiration. And just, you know, we, we need this as human mm-hmm. beings, we need, it, it fuels our soul. So get it on the calendar, book them early, ask for the help you need. Those are the systems. <laughs> Beautiful. I, we've covered so much in this episode and I hope that any mom that's listening is feeling super inspired and reading your book is also very inspiring. So tell us how our listeners and viewers can get a copy of your book. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm on a mission to help women build joyful businesses that let them live their wildest dreams. And this book is the easiest way for me to help people do that. It's yeah, I got my copy here too. (laughs) It's 237, 237 pages, I believe of, um, of exercises to help you get clear on the life and the business you want to create. There's also a downloadable companion workbook where you can actually print it off and do the work as you go through the book. So this book is for anyone, any mama who has a business, or maybe they're just thinking of starting a business and they want it to be joyful. And and keep in mind, joyful does not mean not profitable. I am a big believer that having more joy in your business will help you make more of an impact and, and have a better revenue and have a better life. So, um, so yeah, so the book is available for free for your listeners. They just have to pay a nominal shipping fee. Mm-hmm. If they go to leannekim.com slash book, and then you're going to want to use the code. I am mom, all one word. So I am M O M all one word. The book will be free you pay the shipping and you'll have it in your hand within probably one to two weeks of ordering. Amazing. Thank you so much, Leanne. And we will put all this information in the show notes. And we are so just so uh, in awe of all the value and the wisdom that you provided with us today mm-hmm. and to provide it to us today. And I just want to ask you before we sign off here, what do you want all mompreneurs to know as they're building their business, what are your final words on this? I would say um, the life that you want is out there and it's totally doable. You just have to have the courage to do some of those harder things we talked about and go for it. Really, if you're stuck in that day job or if you're stuck in a business that you don't love, the choice is yours. Mm-hmm. And have the courage to get clear on what you want, have the courage to make those changes and take those strides towards it because, you know, life is short, no one's going to hand it to you. And, uh, and as mothers, we're, we're, we're paving the way for the next generation. Awesome. Thank you so, so much, Leanne. Thank you for being here. We covered so much. We talked about the challenges and all the things that are inspiring on this amazing journey of mompreneurship. 
And all of our listeners and viewers will have to check out your website and they can find you at leannekim.com. That's right. And if you're an Instagrammer, you can find me on Instagram at Leanne Kim Coach, or you can check out my podcast. It's called The Business of Thinking Big. I love your podcast. Thank you so much. We will be back next week and take care. Bye. 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 Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for joining us on the I Am Mom Parenting Journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and head on over to iTunes to leave us a review. We invite you to check out the show notes for this episode and click on the link to join our free Facebook community to stay connected and continue the conversation with other like-minded moms. Until next time, stay inspired, take action, and create magic.